The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Thursday, February 9th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome fan favorite international gay adult star, Jafar. Welcome to the show, Jafar. Hello. Hello. How's everyone doing? It is wonderful to have you on. You have certainly been doing the damn thing in the industry. <laughs> yes, you, you know you have. And uh, you <laughs> have been developing an incredible fan base. So I'm really excited to have you on so that we can share your story with your fans. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, um, it seems a lot easier than talking to everyone personally, just do an interview than... I would know, and I have not done one in a while. Um, so this is going to be fun. Exactly, yes. I'm really excited for this. So typically I like to start off these interviews by sort of like getting out some unique stats out of the way. So uh, what's your height and weight? Um, 180 centimeter, that's like 5'11". Uh, weight, I'm constantly working on... Um, put on weight believe it or not at the moment um so 96 97 kilos at the moment um yeah people can do the conversions online there's the google <laughs> yes, the <laughs> conversion, I'm sorry. yes it's okay what's your ethnic background uh i'm from kuwait what's your zodiac sign uh i'm a taurus and how old are you 32 Okay, so let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Um, Kuwait. I mean, okay. I came here younger, but I was born and raised as well. But I was born there. So what was what was that journey like for you? For you going from Kuwait to you went directly to the UK from Kuwait? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as I said, I came here when I was younger, uh, and then yeah, it took some some bit of, a fair bit of time evolving and uh, especially coming to terms with my sexuality and everything i would assume the culture shock was probably uh, the first I mean, thing uh, was there much you know, when, you're, when you're younger it's a lot easier for you to adapt to um to the to the culture shock so that was a positive factor you know you are correct not- assimilation is much easier when you're younger yeah yeah what was life like growing up for you? What was little Jafar like? Uh, little Jafar was very shy, um, very curious. Um, what else was I like? Um, yeah, yeah, I was definitely very shy, um, well-spoken, um, and always very hard-working. When did you first start discovering your sexuality? Um, I remember, um, I kissed, not kissed in a, a, not a French kiss kind of thing, but I did kiss, um, a classmate in a school, in a high school, and that was just like, I don't know what took over me, we were just messing around, 
And then I kissed him, and he was like, what was that about? And I was like, uh, I don't know. It's just, I was just like, you know, just put my hands up like, uh, do you know why I did that? So <laughs> I'd be probably 14. Um, but then actually, um, I was very sex curious. Um, so I tried, is this with the guy? That's a question. <laughs> is is this me telling um, the first time I've, I've tried the guy? If you want to, yeah. I mean, it's all a part uh, of just, you know, you discovering your authentic self. Um, so the first time was probably 15, 16, but um, I didn't enjoy it. I don't know if that was a chemistry. I was still not um, in a place where I was, like, ready to accept it. So I was like, nope, definitely not. Okay. And then I had a girlfriend. Um, for a long period of time, and then um, I got experimental after after we broke up, and that was when I was twenty, about twenty nineteen, maybe nineteen. So yeah, that's that's when I kind of like tried again, <laughs> and then even the second time, it was not, it, it did not work for me. Um, it really put me off um, doing anything with guys for a year. And then I think it took a fair amount of alcohol. And this is me like experimenting everything. Uh, and then that's when, yeah, that's when I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm into guys, but I'm just very selective. The person really has to be my type for me to then enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, well, clearly, I mean, I don't know if the term, was pansexual a term then? I feel like it's no. a much more recent term. So Yeah, and then that again, being pansexual, because then we're like, right, okay, you know, you, you something do, because I had a girlfriend, then a boyfriend, and then a girlfriend, and then a boyfriend. So I sort of dabbled. Uh, but then I remember, like, Someone asked me if, you were, if I was bisexual. I was like, hundred um, percent. But then, when I started seeing more and more trans people on the scene, it was like me getting—I was getting attracted to the personality, not the gender itself. So I was like, right, okay. And I talked to some. I talked to my friends about it, and they're like, "You're you're more pansexual than you are bisexual because you don't." Uh, gender doesn't really matter to you. And I was like, right, uh, uh, definitely sounds like it. Um, we had a very deep conversations about it, and then after that, I was like, right, okay, I'm definitely pansexual. Your journey with your sexuality is really interesting. I mean, it sounds very, you know, it's very 2023. It, it's very modern, <laughs> it's, very it's very current, it's very sex positive. And yeah, what's, exactly. What's kind of interesting about that is just the dichotomy of your faith and and that. I mean, you know, you speak of it in such a way where, you know, present day you are pansexual, you're an incredibly sex positive person, but your faith is incredibly conservative. And I just wonder how you internally have balanced that dichotomy. I think it's a it's a really long journey, um, especially for religious people like who have practiced um, religion at a younger age. So it was definitely very hard 
it took lots of time. In fact, I would say I, I came to terms with, with the religion and my sexuality a lot more recently than before. Because there's that inner struggle that you have. Oh, you can't be this and you can't be that because you've been told so uh, religiously. And then, and then when, you, when you come to terms with it, um, you start realizing the closed circle, um, start questioning it. And I'm like, I have come to terms with it. I'm, I'm sorry, whatever you say, is not, I'm not going to change my mind because you can't agree with it. Um, so, yeah, that was a very long journey. Uh, it was difficult for sure because a part of you always feel guilty about it. Um, but I think, as I said, being sex positive and it's a journey that everyone have to um, get through themselves. Some people don't, and I constantly get the messages from people, um, from, like, fellow Muslims about it, um, which is very dist- uh, distressing. Um, but it is what it is. I wonder if um, part of... Well, no, I mean, I don't want to say I wonder, but I feel like part of um, the struggle that you had, especially in your teen years, was because of that. Would you agree? You know, the sort of like the constant, you know, I'm curious to try, but no, 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 no. I'm going to wait a couple years. Uh, No, not right now. Uh, Do you think part of that was was sort of like the internal struggle, but you, you as That's a team not really even realizing it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's more so like I never actually came out to anyone and I never really felt the need um to coming out to everyone. It's like if straight people doesn't don't have to come out, why do I have to declare <laughs> why do I have to come with this declaration that oh I'm gay, you know, warning or whatnot. Um so yeah, that was that was definitely definitely the the part that I would agree with. Yeah, that is interesting. You know, you go down to the town square and uh read a scroll. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm a gay scroll. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. Okay, so uh Let's talk about what was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry. What was happening? Um, I can go to the point of just before entering um, the sex industry. It was um, it was a, a very down time um, in my life because. Um, I used to run a business, and that shit, that had shut down. So um, I was kind of lost, um, and um, I was just even through very depressive periods in my life. I was, I was, um, I don't know. I'll use sex as a tool. I won't say an addict, but um, it's something that I've always enjoyed. So. Um, I was just having sex and enjoying life, thinking, you know, what never knew what was going to happen next. And, yeah, then this came along, and obviously we'll talk about it shortly. Um, so not much just before, but before that, I mean, I finished my studies, and um, after that I was running a business. Um, yeah. Let's discuss your transition into the industry. How exactly did you get into the adult industry? Um. I mean, I entered the adult industry and then basically stick with it. Um, I, um, I was, as I said, I wasn't doing anything. I was just enjoying life and having sex. Um, mm-hmm. 
and how I entered sex industry is an interesting story because um, I used to um, record. So recording content was always a hobby. Um, I used to record sex um, with my hookups um, and record it without showing my face and then show it without showing uh, my partner's faces. And um, I used to post them on Snapchat. And um, I remember once I had someone message me because um, when you do have an account like that, it grows really big in no time because obviously you're just posting free sex videos. Um, so I would have about thirty, forty thousand 40,000 um, followers on, on, on Snapchat. And then it, I had a friend who was into the similar kind of thing. Uh, so it was just like, oh, just all fun games. And then uh, until one day, I had someone messaged me saying they have watched my videos. Because um, my bio set Manchester, they said that they were a porn studio who are coming to Manchester and they are looking for tops. And they are happy uh, for me to hide my face if I don't want to show. But they would love to work with me because the videos sound, seem interesting. And uh, initially I thought, that's a bull. Um, no one would be messaging me on Snap asking me for, you know, a porn. Because I generally thought it would be an industry where people are dying to uh, enter and they would be like, oh, you know, just pick me. It wouldn't be uh, an issue finding models. But they, they did. And I was like, okay, if you are that serious, then here's my email address. Send me a contract. And they did. Um, so this studio was Crunch Boys from France. Um, and when they did visit, so I didn't even decide until the day of the shoot that if I was going to show my face or not. Um, and I remember being on a, being there on the day, I was like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So um, I did two shoots in two days. And that's how I entered adult industry. That's incredibly fascinating because it just the opportunity, in essence, came into your lap. And, uh, you know, at the end of it all, you decided, sure, why not? So I'm curious, had the idea of porn at all popped into your mind at a certain point of something that you wanted to do? You know, before you got that opportunity, I know you were saying you're you're uploading clips and that sort of thing on Snapchat, but just uploading clips and that sort of thing, you know, sort of being a little bit of an exhibitionist doesn't necessarily mean that you want to do porn. So I'm, I'm curious, yeah. did you have yeah, the so idea? The, no, I never had the idea, no. I never, I never ever thought. Never um, crossed your mind? No, I generally thought, as, as I said, if, for me, creating content, recording sex is a hobby because I used to struggle to find um, find content to jerk off to, the good content to jerk off to, and I always thought, oh, you know, it just doesn't do it for me, because it was not rough enough, or it's like, oh, you can do so much better, like, I was just very, I used to be very porn, um, porn critic, um, so when I started recording, like, my hookups, I could just watch back and, and didn't obviously jerk off to it, which is, which is, like, very satisfying, especially knowing you were there and how it felt, and it was just a lot more personal. Um, but no, I never had an idea thinking that I could make money from it until even after the shoots, um, it was actually the porn studio who, uh, they were like, oh, you do know, you can 
uh, you can have Eclipse and you can make money from it. And I was like, um, how? Because uh, back then, fan sites weren't really a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, if you don't, if you're not actively uh, looking at something, uh, you don't know the concept behind it. You just don't know what's happening. And I think that's when the fan sites were starting. Um, so that's when I started. All right. Okay. So uh, in total. How long have you been in the business? Um, I started sometime in um, 2018. So that definitely makes it over four years now. Yeah, heading into your fifth one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, it's, it's either 2018 or 2018. Yeah, I would say 2018. And then obviously I started in 2018. COVID happened in 2019, so everything was just shut down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your poor name. I feel like a name is very important in, in the business. You have to pick a good name. You have to pick a catchy name. Let's talk about your name. How did you come up with your performer name? And I do know that there was a little bit of a change. So if, if you want to go into why the change happened and that sort of thing, let, let's get into all everything about your name. Um. I mean, when I first started, um, it got to the point where I was like, right, um, I'm getting, for me, even having 5K was ridiculous on Twitter or anywhere because I thought, right, uh, I'm going to get recognized and uh, I don't want my name out there, my personal name. And uh, I basically had this um, dirty um, snap name and then the, the same carried on to the Twitter and so it's, it's just carried on. So there's the dirty come that created to watch porn uh, even way before I started creating content. When I when I was with my first boyfriend, um, just to just to watch um, videos to be honest on Twitter. Um, and that that was Mark something and uh, when I started getting recognized, I was like, you just do not look like Mark. And I, I couldn't agree with them more. So it took me, a, it took me at least six months um, after I started getting recognized and, and get, starting getting messages with people from other uh, content creators that, oh, you know, I sh- if I'm going to be doing this, I need to change this soon. So I'm sure I just, every, I used to, I remember every, every time I met um, a content creator, I, I would discuss it with them. Like how have they um, they managed to get uh, a porn name, and then just hearing the stories, like why ask for suggestions as well. And it was one of the content creators who was like, "Oh, you know," you I was like, "I don't, I want a porn name, but I don't want a white, um, stereotypical white uh, porn name. Uh, if I'm going to be doing this, obviously, uh, I want a name that if if you're going to say it, everyone would know." who you were talking about. So that's how I came with came up with, with this one. And the reference was and the reference was from um obviously from Aladdin Disney. I love it. And and it is it's so I think it's so such a good name. You know, everyone clearly knows the character that you're referencing. Yeah. And I feel like it's a strong name. Clearly there are no Jafars in the industry. So uh, it, that makes you Jafar. That makes me die Jafar, yes. Yes, yes, in the industry, yes. All right, yeah. I like it. 
So let's talk about your first time on set. Let's go back in time and, and let's talk about your first scene. What was that experience like for you? You mentioned that you basically got two gigs uh, out of that initial contact, but yeah. what was that experience like for you? Uh, you had been filming your own stuff, so clearly you were comfortable in front of the camera, but it is a, a different situation when it's a professional set with yeah. a professional website and that sort of thing. So I was wondering, in your mind, like what was going on in your mind uh, during that first filming? Um, I was I was really nervous um, doing my first shoot because the first one was with with the director, and then uh, who also does um, who also does. Um, scenes and shoots and um he's also a porn actor too so in my mind it was it was going to be oh i'm just going to have sex on the camera but i don't know if it's going to be good enough <clears throat> but i remember being on a set being told by them that it was it was too intense so i need to tone it down a little and i didn't know how to tone it down a little because that's always that's i wouldn't say that's always how how i always had sex but that's if you want me to then climax then that's what's gonna take me to climax but then apparently it was too intense for them so they were like right you need to be a bit gentle and i was like oh okay i thought it was gonna be more harder for me but apparently it was it was difficult for them too even my first time being on the set that's interesting. All right. There's an intensity that Jafar brings that was a little too much that first time. <laughs> Even that first time, yeah. Um, that's that's funny, especially because, I mean, I think nowadays you're known for that intensity. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because that's, that's not, this is what I would love to say, that's not how I have sex all the time. And obviously when we record a scene, I build up, I mean, I start really gentle and I build up to it and then... Um, then obviously you get to the point where you can slowly get rougher and rougher. But then because <clears throat> everyone wants to watch this um, and your your videos become a product, and then obviously you have to you have to pause what sells. So then I would always pick up the the, the most intense you know few moments of from from the video. Uh -huh. so, and, so I get told constantly if I'm if I'm talking to someone online they'd be like, um, you are beautiful and, you know, you're, you're very hot, but I, I, we've seen your videos, I'm so sorry, I, we don't think we can meet you. And I was like, that's not what all I do. Um, if anything, I, I'm a firm believer that, uh, because I hear so many scare stories um, from people who are not in the industry, that um, basically people just don't know much. Uh, people don't know how to have sex and how to have foreplay and people just like ramming it in and just boom boom pow kind of um, um, approach and I'm like no that's not how people what people should do so I'm just like I always start fucking someone as if they're a virgin so that kind of gentle approach and then sort of build up to it obviously after lots of foreplay uh, but because <laughs> because of what's on my Twitter, it, it definitely scares. Um, it obviously gets lots of people off at the same time, but then it definitely scares a, a big percentage of people to meet me out of the whole um, content creation scene. 
That's understandable. Yes, I mean you're gutting everyone down on Twitter, <laughs> but it, it's nice to hear that there is a softer side to Jafar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also pay attention to how someone's feeling, like how. I mean, you can always tell with the body language how even if someone's not breathing, just making sure that. And if you do watch my videos a lot, you you'll hear this a lot. Breathe, breathe. That's because I'm making. I'm telling them if they are gonna be breathing constantly it will be a lot easier because your body relaxes mm-hmm. but as most people just get so tense and their body clench and then it becomes 10 times more intense and uh, partly and sometimes uh, painful as well since we're talking about your style of fucking how would you describe your fuck style what, what would be your definition about the style of fucking that you showcase in your scenes so the one i showcase um on twitter and everyone which basically you use any video if you'd pick up i wouldn't say any video because there are times when i when i meet someone they're like um i know this is what you do but we're not into really really rough stuff and i'm like yeah absolutely and then mostly it's it's how it flows um what i would showcase or known for is having really rough sex again as i said you can't get someone to have really rough sex in about five minutes in because uh, they are not relaxed enough and if you've just met someone but what i would showcase is like very dominant very hardcore and intense sex and you're basically doing the content that you said uh you know when you were just sending the uh, the the snapchat uh, clips, um, you're you're doing the content that you felt wasn't out there, the the content that you would have liked to have seen, correct? Yeah, even now, um, as I said, when I would if I ever, it takes me for if if I'm watching someone else's content, it takes me forever to find something that right, okay, this is all. And there are times when I when I would find a video and I'm like, this person knows. Uh, and then I'd be like, right, this is the intensity I like, um, which is very rare. And then that's, as I said again, that's the reason why I started creating content. And then I constantly get told that there are not many people who are doing it out there. And that's absolutely fine. It's just that everyone enjoys different things. And that's, again, everyone to each their own taste. So far, in the time that you've been in the industry, who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? I'm not necessarily looking for like a top five list or your most, yeah, yeah. most, most favorite. Uh, just, this, I'm saying this as like a caveat to the people listening that you've worked with, you know, just in case if, if someone gets forgotten, you know, it's I'm just putting him on the spot for, for, you know, a couple of favorites. Who have been some standout performances for you, Jafar? Oh, sure. I would mention Andrew Dixon here. Um, so I've worked with him a couple of times, very helpful, um, very professional. Um, there's a guy from Latin America somewhere, I bumped into him, the first time I worked with him was in, um, Berlin, um, and we, and because he, he had a lot to do, and I was flying, I think, the next day, or the same day, I think this, um, I was flying the next day, so we only had very short time initially, and that's what we agreed to meet for. But then, when we started recording, it was just 
it just went on for at least two hours to the point when it was time for his um, studio shoot and then I had my next collab plan so I didn't have any time to eat um, and go there and record uh, the next content the next collab um, Roman Capellini that was his name um, there's this other guy because now you've changed um, names actually yeah his name now is Lucas Lovestone uh, I met him in London uh, and I was probably one of the very first is one of the very first few collabs when he was starting but then it's because how we um, the chemistry was good uh, and we have met many times after um, on and off the camera uh, so it's like when another person is enjoying and it's the right chemistry that's what I, that's what I enjoy and most of my content is about that I don't just record um, content for sake of it because I'm a content creator I have to um, I've been lucky enough that my um, my content is literally just putting the camera on the side and just enjoying the sex and I get told this a lot that I have to work on my um, on my angles but I what I promise is very very amateur videos and literally how I have sex not what I'm doing for the camera because I hate hate doing it um, when when you meet a content creator and they have the whole script you're gonna walk in the door and you know they'll be you'll be find them doing this and I mean I love the storylines 100% I've only done it once or twice but I just love having sex how I usually have sex and as if the camera is not there um, I recently got a cameraman who will be recording my content, so hopefully it will, be, it will look a lot better angle-wise. But I just don't want to worry about it. Um, when I get told, oh, uh, they can see much. But but if you think when you're actually having sex, you that's not what you're thinking about, and that's exactly what I do. Um, some people hate it, some people don't. It's not. It can't be to everyone's um, taste, but that's, I mean... I literally have my my content is literally like diary of my um, personal sex. That's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely understand why people want to see certain things. You know, because it's porn, and so people are so used to how exactly, it's produced yeah. by the major studios. You know, opening mm-hmm. up the camera yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Very different perspective of oh if if someone have just started exploring themselves they mm-hmm. won't they then have those expectations that this is what gay sex looks like um when it doesn't <laughs> it, as i said then i just try to keep it very authentic um that's the only effort i put in as i said i would literally have a camera there and there's there so many times that we sort of move and then next thing you know you do not even end the camera frame and and then i realized after that half the half the half the scene wasn't wasn't even recorded oh no but but then i had good time and so did the other person um which as i said i mean a bit of a bummer sometimes but as i said end of the day you had good time so we've discussed who have been some of your favorites. Now it's time for manifestation. Who have you not worked with yet that you would love to do a scene with? Um, 
who um there's some some my my favorite people won't be the people who are just really big and i want to work with them because they are really big names i want to work with people that i really fancy work i would love fancy working with um i was and these probably are some of the people that you've probably never heard of um this one guy called uh what's his name ink twink he's from he's from france somewhere i think paris um and some of the people who have now even stopped working i used to have a um, list of people that i would love to work with and i would just hit them up um but if i could find that um there's a guy called Jake Mason i would like with love to work with him um i'm talking to this guy called Anilio and Anilo or Anilio in london i would love to work with him um and then these like local people um there's a guy called Lawrence London and then realize he lives in Barcelona although he's he's british um i would love to work with him um yeah and there's a guy in oh there's a guy in la he's called hangaladin <laughs> so that was just iconic cuz his name was that and i was like yeah we should definitely work with he's also um, a brown content creator um which um i'm trying to promote cuz there're not many in the industry and i got told this that oh you only record with white people <laughs> um but i'm like there're not many there's not enough brown and black um content creators and when i do find someone i would love to i mean i try actually try to make an effort to record with them i'll just put this out there jafar needs to meet aladdin i'm just saying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, like, good, somehow good. that needs to happen. Jafar needs to meet Aladdin. Yes, yes. So whoever thinks would fit that would fit that bill needs to hit me up. Exactly. Yes. Now uh, let's talk about inspiration. Are there any individuals in the industry that? you look up to or that inspire you in what you're trying to do uh, in regards to your content or the impact that you want to have in the business um i would mention rahim shabaz um and and i love him because because of how it's free flowing it looks like again on the same chemistry thing that everyone's just having a good time some people are just sitting by the pool um and it's group scenes which i absolutely love doing um so it's usually him i can't really think of anyone else i mean there are so many people that I've, i follow and watch um so much is stuck really as long as someone's creative um and having a good time because it shows on the camera when you record content that oh yeah it this is hot because they are having a good time and that's how i suppose when you're watching a video you are sort of imagining yourself in that scene in the scenario hoping to have a good time and that's what really gets you off um i think that's one of the reasons that he's so successful um so i would love to work with him because it looks like everyone's having a good time and yeah 
Now that would be an interesting scene, whether it's you topping him or you just being a part of, uh, you know, an orgy, gangbang, or threesome type of situation. I feel like that will be some incredible content, some intense content, but incredible mm -hmm. content to uh, to be released. That'd be too hot to handle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I forgot to mention before we continue, um, Babylon Prince. I've actually met him and I loved working with him. He's the sweetest guy. Um, yeah. And he's like, if you have any issues, he's probably the most helpful person or content creator that I've met. I, I absolutely love working with him. And he's, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Us. In a scene, when you're filming content, what's your most favorite sexual position to capture on film? Oh, um, so my most, um, my favorite uh, sexual, is it position or? Yeah. Um, mostly it's when the bottom's having really good time or when they are shaking because... Uh, or if they come hands-free, then for me, generally, um, it's, it's, it really gets me off. Um, so that's what I, I love doing, and that's usually is my, is my favorite position. Um, I mean, me fucking, it would be like someone doggy style or face down um, when I'm working the hall. Also, I love eating a beautiful ass while being sucked. So those two, like, take the pee. All right. The next question I'm going to ask, I feel like I know the answer to it. Or maybe I don't. I, I don't know. But I feel like I know the answer to this. And, and yes, I'm asking this to an individual who, uh, in his Twitter bio, is listed as a Dom Top. But I know the listeners out there, someone might be curious about this. So, uh, so um, allow me to ask, has Jafar ever considered bottoming on camera? <laughs> I've not even considered bottoming off the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, it, I, my friend used to ask me this question, say, obviously a while back. Um, it's like my best friend who I met, the, the very first person. I met when I went to a gay bar. We are still friends, really close friends. Um, so he used to ask me these questions because back then I was exploring and very curious. And I mean, I've tried different things, like I, I mean, experimented with different kind of kinks and bondages, and every other thing that I've tried, I'm into it. But that's <laughs> this is where it sort of draws the line. That no, um, I've never considered uh, bottoming even off the camera, let alone on the camera. And I, and I, just, I remember um, I had um, Paul Stagg, he's a really big name in porn industry. He is uh, a really good friend as well. And he's a father figure because he's always helping whatever questions I have when I meet him. Um, so he says, yeah, you know, if, if you ever go on the bottom on the camera, and I'm like... Paul, there's, there's literally no point giving me this advice. I don't think this thought have even crossed my mind yet. Um, he's like, right, <laughs> okay. But yeah, no. 
All right. If you had the, the question, listeners, you have the answer now. Uh, so let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry. And to start off this set of questions, um, I'm, I'm going to ask, is there a misconception or myth about adult performers that you would like to dispel? Um, everyone thinking um, because you um, uh, an adult, you're in the adult industry, you'd be riddled with STIs and STDs. If anything, uh, people who are in sex um, in tax industry take care of themselves more than average people. Um, we get tested more almost every month if we can. Um, you get tested, you have to be careful because of the scenes, because it's a job. Um, so I would say that's definitely one of the misconceptions that I come across a lot. And then when I talk to people, and every big name does not live a porn star life. Like, if we have normal lives, we are we are very, um, I wouldn't say common, because um, but I would say we're just very normal people. With day to day, um, we have our lives. We have the same amount of issues as, as others. So it's not like we are just partying and fucking all the time. We have very normal lives as, as any other people. You mentioned testing, correct? Testing, yes, sexual yes. testing. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, I want you to, as a follow up, I would love for you to go into how often you get tested and that sort of thing in the industry because, uh, you know, I do agree with you. I think a lot of the viewers don't really realize that performers get tested and are tested and that sort of thing. Um, I, I think, you know, in, for some, you know, there are some educated uh, fans out there that do understand mm -hmm. that, but if someone is tuning in and when you reference that, that came as a surprise to them, can you explain a little bit about you know, the testing process and you as an adult performer's is a relationship with that. Yeah. Um, as I said, if you stay on top of things, especially this, because, you know, you don't want to be working with people um, and passing things to fellow content creators because us as a fellow, as a, as content creators, um, if we are doing a studio, a studio scene, we would be losing money. And if God forbid we have caught something when, we have then arranged um, collabs, then then we have to reschedule, and that it's not always possible. And I've met people who would then take offence to, oh, why would you have sex, um, bareback sex, on the camera all the time, whereas you insist on wearing condoms off the camera, and, and that's because we have work planned and. It's, it's just looking out for yourself and other content creators. Um, so you kind of, not not kind of, you definitely lose money um, when you are in the industry. So I try to get tested every month. And obviously life happens and sometimes you can't get tested every month. But that's what I aim to do. I want to get tested every month um, when, I'm re when I'm really active. And I've had a, had a four months downtime recently. Uh, and then uh, I got tested every two, two and a half months. Even that, I think, is more than what most people, um, most guys do get tested. In your opinion, 
as a performer mm-hmm. in the industry, is there any competition among performers in the business? I don't know. I think it'd be a different um, interpret. Um, you can interpret it differently, like for different um, content creators. I've seen I've seen content creators who are just actively just so obsessed with numbers and followers and how many followers you have and how many subscribers you have. Whereas half the time, I don't know. I don't know how many followers, how many subscribers I have and if the numbers are going up or down. Um, so if if you are the person who really stress about that, then maybe, yes, it's, you know, they, they mentally think about it. But I... I don't think I I don't I don't think it, as a competition everyone's doing their own thing. Um, obviously, everyone's likes and dislikes are very different than the others. And yeah, now for me, I, I don't really look at it as a competition. I look at my fellow content creators as colleagues because you are in the same industry. So instead of um, looking at each other as a competition just you know do more teamwork even if you're not working together like i i actively offer people that oh if you can't afford to have a cameraman ask me i would happily to call for you without even charging you um because i enjoy it and i know it can be it can really help you um no i don't see it as a competition no but as i said others might tell you differently where do you have it from person to person that is true. No, I like your take on it, though. There's a, a lot of, uh, you know, an air of positivity that you sort of effused when you talked in that way that I really liked. Yeah, I thought that was a really great answer, Jafar. Yeah, you're welcome. Obviously, uh, just like other gays, and not everyone get along. But that's fine. Like, <laughs> you, you can't really do much there. Uh, but then just stay neutral and, yeah, just help each other wherever you can. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? Um, aspect of the industry that I don't enjoy? Um, don't know. I really don't know. Um, I mean, I've been doing this so long, but it seems like everyone have a group kind of thing. Like, like all the gays, when you go out, you have a close circle, and everyone try to stay in their close circle. And I think that's kind of similar um, in the industry as well um, so most people just don't let the people in dive in but as I said my approach is more to just help like if someone have just started I have no issue um, recording or when I can even promote them um, to get in the industry give them literally I would have people who've just started and i'm like you know uh, come on and have a have a chat with me you can you can have a we can have we can grab a drink and i'll tell you whatever i know uh, my approach and you can take what you want from it what sorry uh what you don't but no apart from that i don't really think there's an aspect um obviously as i said it's a different approach um i will have a different approach as a performer of color in the industry have you ever experienced or felt any racism discrimination or microaggressions directed at you no that's funny um i obviously i notice 
if the diff if if I go out, even if I go out shopping and I've been treated differently than than other people who are the checkouts and whatnot, I feel that the you know that I've been treated differently. But in the industry, I can't say I have because no one have ever said that to me, at least to my face, or there's nothing that I've heard. So I can't really say that, oh, yeah, I, I felt aggression. I mean, there are probably lots of content creators that have not worked with me because of that, but I'm 100% unaware of it. Then I can't really point finger to anyone, really. I just have very positive attitude off on the same approach at the same time, um, that if I would work with someone, if I... If I like them, I'll see if if I if I watch their content or their page, I'm like, yeah, they're hot, you know, it'd be if I would have sex with someone off the camera, then I would have sex with them on the camera. And if I won't have sex with them off the camera, then I won't have sex with them on the camera. But mm-hmm. yeah, apart from that, there's literally uh, nothing that I can think of. Do you find it difficult to date while you're in the business? Like, I don't know if you are dating or if, if you uh, have no. dated while you've been in the industry, but I'm just curious. Yeah, it was it in a relationship. Yes, I was in a relationship um, until last year. Um, and it is difficult because sooner or later, um, the person feel like they they have to compete, they have, you know, uh, as soon as insecurity comes in, even if they say um, that it doesn't bother them, you can really tell um, by their behavior, by the change of their behavior, because if you are with someone, you know them how they are 99% of the time, and that 10, no, 10% or 1% of the time when you are recording content, so it's just like, oh, and then there are people that I'd be interested in, but they blatantly go, sorry, can't date you because of what you do. If this is how we feel now, obviously we can't deal with it. And I would put my hands up, you know, I would appreciate it more um, because I probably would have been insane for five years because I just didn't know ins and outs of the industry. Um, because when you're working, you're working, it's very... Um, it's, it's just very professional um but yeah it, it, people do tell me that oh yeah we would not date you because um because of what you do and i'm like absolutely fine you know i'm absolutely fine with that i wouldn't change my career for someone but i don't at the same time i wouldn't expect anyone to um change um or put themselves in a situation where they can't handle because then it gets it gets messy afterwards. Um, so yeah, as I said again, just a very positive approach to it. But yeah, it's it's not easy to date whilst you whilst you well in the industry. Um, and I've I've never dated anyone in the industry, same in the industry. Um, probably that would have been different, but I've not I've not experienced that. Yeah, I was just thinking that a follow-up was going to be, would you consider dating someone in the industry? Do you think it would be easier? But at the end of the day, if there are insecurities, whether you're in the business or not, I mean, that insecurities can always fuck up a relationship. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah, that and the lack of communication. You know, if you can't properly yeah. express 
what you're feeling. I mean, I think if you express the insecurities and you have a dialogue, I mean, I think a dialogue and reassurances can help. But if you don't have, you know, that sense to properly sort of communicate it, that also can be something that can lead to a relationship's downfall. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. Yes, listeners, communication is important in any type of relationship, whether it's romantic, uh, friendship, familial, communication is incredibly important. Okay, so let's shift away from some of the serious questions. Well, actually, this might be a serious question for some people because this is the big question, a question that I'm sure a lot of the listeners and your fans might be curious to know. How much is Jafar packing? Uh, as in dick size. Was that the question? Oh, yes, like... yes, it is, of course. No, I wasn't <laughs> sure if that was a question. I thought that was a statement, but yes. Um, I mean, but dick is eight inches and it's thick. Yes, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure a lot of listeners are very excited to hear all of that, those that were curious. <laughs> now, something that I'm sure they also might be curious about is... Uh, the pop shots, the cum shots, you know, the, the money shot, as they like to say in the industry. Do you do anything in particular to prepare for that moment? You know, when you have a scene that is scheduled, that you know it's coming up, do you do anything specifically to prepare to make sure that you make some magic for the camera at the end? No, I don't. I really don't. Um... I'm horny all the time, so <laughs> I literally just have sex whenever. I've literally had, like, sex all night and then have a scene in the morning. Um, and some of, like, big scenes. Not because I didn't want to, obviously, save it, but I just never have issues coming on this, on this, on, on the camera. I can... There are times when I've, I've, I've uh, done the the money scenes twice <laughs> so i'm like i can go again in 20 if needed but yeah it, i'd never really have issues um, um and i've been told like some of the content creators who do abstain from having sex or even a wang um before because you have to come on the camera and then but yeah no it, it's something that have never bothered me all right and jafar is a multi-orgasmic man Yes, like I can, I can come four or five times a day easily. So it's that's not something that have bothered me. That that um, bothered me, thinking, oh, I've got a scene, I've got to do this. Jafar is very horny, listeners. You know, just take a little <laughs> note of that. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah. Do you get into any kinds of fetishes in your personal life? I know that you referenced earlier. You know, as part of your exploration of your own sexuality you did experience yeah. different sort of things so did any of that stick for you is there do you uh, get into fetish play in your personal life um yes so obviously it's different from person to person that what they into um it's like for me, it's common, and probably for lots of people, it probably won't be, but, like, collar and leash and handcuffs and um, blindfolds and uh, spanking especially. I mean, there's spanking and there's me spanking. Uh, I just love spanking, and 
I mean, if I'm using my hands, that's going to hurt more and going to leave better marks than a cane or anything. Um, and then there's a there's a little sadistic side of me who just love inflicting pain. Not all the time, but if I feel like this person's enjoying it, then I'd like go a bit out with that. Um, and that could be anything from nipple clams or... I don't know, it's whatever whatever flows. Um so whatever I've tried, about ninety percent of things I'm I am into them, yes. Now let's shift the interview once again and let's talk about your original content. Let's talk about the content that you release on your just for fans, on your only fans. Uh, what type of content can the listeners expect and how often do you update? the various uh, avenues in which you release your content? So I release um, once in a week. Um, and I try to to make it different. So three or four different kind of scenes a month. So uh, subscribers are getting what they are paying for. But then I realized that most of my content is actually duos with um, the working with other people because there's one thing that I've <laughs> um, not done much are the solos because I just I just feel like I don't know what I'm doing and what to do with just myself and look in the camera. Jafari, I mean, just pull your dick out and jerk it. Yeah, but that's <laughs> pretty much it. Like when. Well, you when can I'm, you can add in some toys. I mean, there are. You know, fleshlights, flesh jacks, uh, pocket pussies, no, and uh... it's better than a throat. And then, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> and then the verbal side that comes out with the people. Um, so I love uh, dominate domination videos, um, rough sex videos, even sensual videos. I've started. I've started putting effort in making solo videos. Um, the other thing I've started doing is um, I have ridiculous amount of sex stories. So um, basically talking about my real life sexual experiences while jerking off. Um, I've started. Oh, post- that's interesting. Tra- I'm actively trying. So obviously I'm not mentioned. I won't mention any names. Doing it, but like, but that's the mind. It's it's like the deep sexy stories that I would only discuss with my close friends. Um, that kind of story. So the, so the subscribers get to listen to what I get up to while I'm obviously jerking off. That's, that's fascinating. That's like a that, dirty that, bedtime story with Jafar. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my new favorite thing to do at the moment. That's actually brilliant. That is really good. I don't think I've ever seen another performer do something like that. So... Props and yeah. congrats to you for uh, doing something refreshing and new and, and uh, you know, turning a a wank session on its head and uh, adding something new to it. Yeah. yeah. Props to you, Jamar. Like, thinking about it, saying it out loud, saying exactly, um, expressing how I felt in that moment uh-huh. is just really, it's really dirty. Uh, it's really filthy, and it's like growing up. I just used to love watching or reading, sorry, um, sex stories. They used used to get me off more than the porn itself. 
So I think narrating it and then have your listener watch to like that making my dick so hard. It's it's definitely um, my, my new favorite now. Let's talk about the future in regards to your content. Uh, is there anything that you plan on doing in this new year? I mean, we're still, you know, at the start of the year. It's February. We still have mm-hmm. 10 months left in 2023. Yeah. Is there anything that you plan on implementing uh, in this new year in regards to your content? Is there anything that the listeners should expect that's new in regards to your yep. content creation? I know that you referenced earlier a camera person is going to be yeah. filming. So. So, the, so there'll be a cameraman that's new. Again, um, I'm literally just sat down looking at, like, um, planning my travels. Um, so I'm, I'm looking to travel to um, South America and then collab with lots of content creators there. Um, and as far as Mexico, but I don't know, it's, my life is just really chaotic. Um, so this is what I'm trying to do. Um, and then I don't know if my cameraman would be able to come or not, but then there'd be lots of, lots of new collabs, uh, coming through, especially after having me having a break and like refreshed and back, back at it. So that's what I'm uh, aiming to do this year. There's, um, there's a charity scene that I have been planning to do and, uh, for Patterson cause. That's something that I would love to record this year. That's been on cards for over a year or just under a year now. Um, that's something might happen this year. That's what I plan on doing. But as I said, I would have to find someone um, who is up for it. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Jafar. Um, hmm. I have <laughs> I have dark sense of humor, um, and in real life I'm actually caring, very caring person, not as evil um, as I look on the camera. Jafar is very gentle, listeners. I'm just saying, <laughs> if you haven't gotten that vibe from the interview, I'm just telling you, there's a, this whole other side of Jafar that you do not see, that that gets captured on the camera. It's it's the naughtier side that's on the camera. It's the tender side of Jafar that you get in person, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you would not. Um, as I said you wouldn't. I don't think. I think I get constantly told that. Or even in real life, I just look really intimidating. But I'm just like really friendly. It's just got this resting bitch face that I can't help. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah, like when someone, as soon as someone start talking, they were like. Um, Oh, yeah, in real life, um, even my friend have told me this, that, oh, if I wouldn't approach people, I wouldn't get approached because I don't look friendly <laughs> in public <laughs> or even the nights out or whatnot. I just don't look friendly. So I'm like, right, okay. So this is, you know, when you're like, people go out, they get offered a drink or whatnot. Like, uh-huh. I don't get that. I was like, oh, he does not look happy. Stay away from him. Oh, poor Jafar. No, I'm happy. Yeah, Jafar is a happy person, damn it. Yeah, it makes my life so much easier at the same time. Well, yeah, you you don't have to talk to a lot of people. (laughs) Not that I hate it. um, I see people, like, who just look really friendly and they're just, like, always surrounded and they don't get to 
enjoy their nights out and and it's like i'm just having a good old time here on my own or with my friends and no one would bother me and when someone does i'm just like usually very friendly and like appreciative that oh yeah you know someone's um making the effort to come and say hello describe yourself in 10 words or less um creative hard-working perfectionist um Quirky, um, stubborn, uh, a bit of OCD, um, a realist, and very horny. No shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. Okay. I like it. Now, as we start wrapping things up, I have this list of sort of pop culture type of questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. So the first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh, um, on the top, I would definitely say Golden Girls. I would watch it any day and... Like, people are like, we never thought you'd be the kind of guy who'd watch it, but it's just so funny. Um, Golden Girls, Black Orphan, Black Mirror, um, <laughs> Blackish. Um, would be the fifth one. Um, I would say Friends. Who are four? of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, um, music artist. I love Pink. I would love to mention her here. Um, well, who else? I just, I just have very, uh, there's a guy called Muhammad Hamaki. He's an Arabic singer. Um, who else? Who else? Oh, Hamaki, yes. Oh, you know Hamaki? Yes, yes. I, Nancy Ajram. I mean, you probably know her because everyone knows her. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Um, what's his name? Oh, it's like when he just put me on spot and then I can't remember their name. Um... There's this guy who did opening for Lady Gaga in, I don't know, what year. Uh, no. I can't remember his name now. It's been a while since I last listened to him. Actually, uh, this should be easier. Uh, oh, and nowadays I'm listening to Hussein, not just me a lot. Um, Shakira, right, yes. Very nice, yes. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you mentioned yeah. Hamaki. Yes, I love... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite song of his... I have no idea how to pronounce it. I'm not even going to try, but it's L-E-I-L-E-T-L-O-M-R. It's a beautiful song. It's so good. The right. beat is fantastic. I, it's not even on my list. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you need to Google it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I, I've, I've heard it. It's just like I have very selective memory of if I like something, I wouldn't know it word by word but if it's not that it can be anyone but then i would just know something that i would if, if i've even heard something before i won't 
I won't remember it because that's not something like on top of my list. I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. What are three of your most favorite films? Oh, um, the bucket list, Cruella. Uh, the third one. Uh, um, what's this called? Time. I think it was a called Time with Justin Timberlake. Um, I think so. It's called just um, Time, where time is basically the currency that's used for everything. It's I'm in sci-fi. In time, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, in time, absolutely in time, and Mrs. Doubtfire. Good choices. What are two foods you can't live without? Or what are the two foods I can't live without? I mean, it can't gotta be. There's some like food that I like. Spices. I cannot live with spices. Right. Um. And what else that I feel guilty about? Won't be guilty about, but. I'm actually very, um, I'm not that fussy eater. Um, I eat everything, but I cannot, I don't think I can live without meat if, um, yeah, yeah. If if I would turn vegetarian or vegan, I wouldn't know what to eat. As a quick follow-up, what's your favorite spice? Uh, gotta be chili powder or paprika, whatever makes the food hot. Nice. Yeah. And hot what sauces. is... Oh, wait, go ahead. Uh, hot sauces, because uh, when you don't have the option, like, I, I would... I I actively look... I, th- I generally think, as I get older, I'd probably, like, you know, carry, <laughs> carry a hot sauce in my bag or something. Love it. Very nice. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Oh, guilty pleasures... Um, baklava. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I just can't give up it. But oh, it's it's just so full of sugar. But at the same time, it's like yes, I just. But so damn delicious, and you can't. Yeah. And it's so, it's it's so decadent. Yes, and you and... feel like you can only have one piece, but yet you go back and you reach in for another. <laughs> That and kunafe. That kunafe is even worse because um, it's also the one with the cheese, and they have fresh cheese and, and sugar, and oh, it's even like more unhealthy. And I, I actually tr- actively try to eat healthy, you know. But when I see when I was like, like now I'm talking about it, I'm just generally know where to get it from, and it's like not that far. And I'm like, hmm, I had a really good. <laughs> yeah. Let's not do that. <laughs> I love that. Love it. Love it. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge watching anything? Um, yes, I, I, I'm the kind of person who literally binge stuff. I would wait for stuff to end and then basically watch it. Uh, White Lotus and then upload, apart from that, upload because the new season came out not long ago. Very nice. So, what's next for Jafar? What can the listeners expect from you in the near future? I mean, I'm just 
actively trying to be um, creative and when I feel like um, I don't stand out and I'm not I'm not making anything that's, that's making my subscribers come, then I'll stop. Let's hope you keep making them come so you don't stop. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You have a ridiculous amount of followers on social media. I'm sure they're never going to stop coming. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, like the idea of, oh, at this moment someone would be coming to me just, oh, turns me on so much. Right? It's probably every every minute of the day someone's coming to you. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, if it's all this comes collected, it'll be like <laughs> a river full of comb. Exactly. That might, <laughs> might be an interesting video to watch you bathe through all that. <laughs> Oh, not me. <laughs> I, would, I, I would just stand on the bridge and just watch it flow. <laughs> You'll toss the bottom in. <laughs> I'll be just like adding to it. Yes, I'll I'll happily toss like all the bottoms and sub bottoms into like yeah. Having for you. <laughs> I can't. That's hilarious. And too much all at the same time. It's the dark sense of humor. <laughs> it is. Can't yes. help it. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as all the important links on where they can find your content? Um, so I actively like post on OnlyFans and Just for Fans, and I actively try to um, talk and respond to messages as well. Um, I always welcome criticism and um, everyone when they are like appreciating and sending lovely messages. Um, that and if you want to keep up with my and uh, well that's my Twitter Twitter is uh, twitter.com slash Jafar with four X's at the end and then you can if you want to keep up with my personal life then my Instagram is uh, X Jafar XX it's J-A-F-A-R um, XX um, and my OnlyFans and just for fans so OnlyFans is Jafar OnlyFans.com slash JafarXX and then just for fans is just for dot fans slash Jafar um, and four X's at the end. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Um, I just love you all. Just um, be kind to one another. Um, I obviously get like lots of uh, positive um, sex positive and all sorts of appreciation um, messages but then uh, you do um, the hate messages do get through to you and then you think about it and there, there are times when it just gets you down um, when you are in MC for so long you, you learn how to deal with it but yeah just, just be kind to one another and if you don't have anything nice to say just stay quiet I love that. Shake the haters off, Jafar. Exactly. Yes. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Jafar. You're welcome. Thanks for the interview. Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course. The door is open for more. Whenever you want to come back and update the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to, you're more than welcome to. Absolutely. I'll be back. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Papi Chulo, 
visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at poppychulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash poppychularadio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Jafar and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.